Hey everyone, I just wanted to take a minute to talk about the Eufy Video Lock. It's a smart lock that's really easy to set up with just a Phillips screwdriver and no extra drilling. It's got a keyless entry, so you don't need to worry about fumbling with the keys when your hands are full. Also, you don't need to worry about handing out extra keys when you're in a pinch, your kids losing them, or people copying the key and passing it around to each other. Something else I like about the Eufy Video Lock is that it has a camera built in and it works as a doorbell as well. Personally, I think the Eufy Video Lock is great for apartments or cottages where you can't necessarily add extra holes for a video doorbell. My favorite part about it though is that there isn't a monthly fee and your recordings are locally stored, so you don't have to worry about someone else owning your doorbell data. You can find it on Amazon, or if you want to know more, search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello and welcome to the Home Racism Podcast. My name's Phil. Joining me, as usual, I've got Rohan. How's it going, Rohan? Hey, good. How are you? Good, thank you. And it's 2023.12 release. So we've got Frank in the house. Frank! Hi, Frank. End of year. It's sort of become like a tradition for us. So we thought, you know, let's get you it back does, in. Huh? Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. All right, before we get too carried away, though, um, this episode of the Home Business <laughs> Podcast is sponsored by Home Business Cloud by Nabucasa. Easily access your local Home Business instance remotely for a small monthly fee that supports the Home Assistant and the ESP Home project. Configuration is done via the user interface, so no fiddling with router settings, SSL certificates, or any YAML. So yeah, I find Frank, it so amazing you do that every time, just manually, right? There's no jingle here. Let's. I, I didn't no even have to read that. I just, I was like, in this. I'm like, <laughs> usually I stuff it up. There's usually one that I, I stuff it up. But I'm like, nope. Frank's here. I've got to act professional. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to go off my memory. <laughs> and I didn't stuff it. That's funny. So there we go. Well done. Um, thank you, thank you, Frank. Welcome back to the podcast. It's we always love having you around. Yeah. Um, Love the outfit for those watching on YouTube. You can see Frank in his Christmas attire, Christmas tree in the background. Um, yeah, <laughs> My hat. Very festive. Uh, yes. Choo-choo. I right? love it. That's, That's it. That's no, it. yeah. Completely ready and done. It's the yeah. last of the year. End of the year's nearing. Yeah. Frank's already celebrating. He's got a yeah. little bit of eggnog behind him there. It's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Um, so a couple of housekeeping things before we get into 2023.12. First of all, thank you very much to our new Patreon. So we've got George, Martin, Julian, um, Taylorman, and Chris. They are now patrons. So thank you for supporting the podcast. We really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Frank, can you, maybe you can explain to this me a little bit. Um, there's going to be a Chapter 5 of Year of the Voice. Oh, uh, yeah. I was, I was assuming it was just been a quarterly update. So if Chapter 4 would have been the last one. Like. What is what else is there to announce from Year of the Voice? Like you've already done custom uh, wake. You want to spoil me yet? Or what I do you mean, want to, me to do? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not. No, going to spoil, but, uh, no I'm not. Trust. But it's uh, there is there is another chapter this year. That's for sure. Uh, which will be December the thirteenth. December thirteenth so, right. on the Home Business YouTube very channel. Cool. Yes. Links in the show notes. Life. On life. Like this is what happens. Time. So one time I don't show up to a creator call and it's like, hey, we have this extra surprise. <laughs> You're the voice thing. <laughs> it's like, okay, good. Thanks. Good, good job. No, it's like nice closure <laughs> for the year of the voice, right? Do another That's good. chapter. Yeah. yeah. It was a great year, by the way, for the voice. It was epic. So, so Frank, yeah. obviously you work for Nabu. Um, mm-hmm. Any ideas on is there going to be a year of next year? Do you like... Do you think Nebuchadnezzar enjoyed the year of the voice? Like I don't know. We're not we're discussing, but I don't I don't expect well it will not be the year of the voice, right? We now had the year of the voice. Yeah. By the way, to be clear, we'll not stop working on voice. Like it's not over now or something. We'll continue yep. working on it. Uh, but the focus is going to be different. Um also Mike, uh voice Mike, he will still be working for Nabucasa. It's not like mm-hmm. <laughs> he will be still yeah. there and like it will, will we will continue on it that's part one uh, what it means for next year i don't know yet we're trying to figure out and we're not sure if we want to settle on a single team maybe even like but we're not there yet so um right Good. open well know. if you i think you did a great like you know have Mike the voice Hansen here mm-hmm. uh doing all the voice stuff you sort of focus down on the whole, you know, year of the voice and look what you've been able to achieve. So I'm sure if you do focus on something, then yeah, it'll be awesome. But understand sort of, yeah, it doesn't you to one year of. Yeah, but, but a year went by so fast. Like what can I know. you do in a year, right? I know. Do you see us getting a chapter six and then just continue updates to the voice or will they just now roll into... I don't think there will be a year of the voice update anymore after this one, right? Because like, I don't expect it to be in the last two weeks of the year uh, after that year of the voice is over. Now, but I, I, you can definitely expect another voice related stream nice. in the future. I'm pretty sure like we'll continue developing that and there's still so much we can do there. Like it's not done uh, by far, yeah. uh, but it is impressive, but it's not done. But- so... Uh, I subscribe to Paulus's little newsletter that he sends out once a month. I encourage you. Uh, building it's the good. Open Home, I think it's called. Uh, it's good. Nice little tidbits from around the place. Um, in there, I saw Nabucast has hit 30 employees. Uh, Isn't it amazing? Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so good. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a big th- uh, shout out to everyone who's subscribing to Nabucasa. Uh, Thank you so much. Like, uh, yeah, it yeah. is absolutely nice to be able to do that. And it it helps it not just home assistant, right? It's also a ESP home project. Like ESP home also has like two employees right now, right? Keith yep. and uh, and Yessi. Um but yeah, in general it's good that we're able to put out more and put in more thought in things as well. It's not just like being to able to put out more, but also more thought through things. 
Yeah. yeah. And and it's it's actually interesting. Something I've I've thought of addressing in the past, but haven't really, but maybe now is a good time to do it since we have you, Frank, is Uh-oh. one of one of the things is no 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 this, this is this is, this is <laughs> I, I promise no, it's a good thing. No, no, no. It's uh it, it's again I see it on on like Facebook and Reddit and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? Where people are like, oh it's 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 weird that you know it's an open source project, but they're charging and blah 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 and like all of that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, as as somebody who does legitimately pay for Nabucasa, right? Like I'm on a yearly subscription, whatever. Um, I've been I've been on it since pre day one, right? Like 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 we were, Phil and I me were too. in the beta for for it, right? Um, and you know there there's I think one of the things people don't realize is you know a lot of times go people go oh this is a this is like a way for people to like just make money off of a thing and it's like that's not exactly yeah. what that is, right? It's you know, are there folks that get paid and stuff like that? Yeah, like like Frank. I mean, it, this is your full time job, right? Like, yes, this is how I sustain my family and being able to do this. Yes, and and the difference is, you know, you could go get a job somewhere else and continue to develop for for home assistant stuff, but there obviously there's not a focus, there's not that kind of thing. So I think I think the point here is how can we, or how can how can you as as an organization, as Nabucasa continue sustained development of home assistant, right? Because again, it's mm-hmm. now there's con- consistent updates. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, we talked, when was the last episode, we talked about the security, uh, the vulnerability uh, assessments that you guys did. And there's some more coming in in, in this round, right? Uh, in this episode here that we'll talk about in, in a little bit. Um, I, I mean, Frank, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of addressing it, but but as somebody that works there, I mean, you know, any any comments on that? No, I, I, you're totally right. Like this, we're not like there's no investors in in Nabucasa, right? There's no like yeah. like people we have to please or something. There's nobody in our acts that that wants to see things mm-hmm. like profit or something. This is for a way for for us to sustain basically the open home, right? Not just home yeah. system, but also USB home and. The ZWaveJS projects and ESP web tools and whatnot, what else we do, BT Home. There's so yeah. many projects related to all the open home stuff that Nabucasa funds, uh, which now Home Assistant itself is the biggest one and the most, um, well, if you're listening to this podcast, probably the one that interests you the most. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it is about funding those projects, getting people to work on it and make sure that people like me actually can focus and work on, on this full time. Uh, but along me at this point, 30 other people or 29 other people, um, basically. And, and, and that's just, that's just amazing. It's cool that we're able to do that, uh, without having any, again, like people that, require we have to do something it's still focused on what we want to do with the product and with home assistant as a product then and as a project like what does the community want we built this for if i look at myself i think the thing that changed is basically nothing if i look at myself back six years ago that was more stressful life for me. Like I had a full-time job, I had kids at home yep. and I still try to push out 20 to 40 hours a week of home assistant. I'm not sure how yeah. I did that at the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, but 
that was because I liked the project. And right now yeah. I'm being able to focus on that, but I still do it for the same reasons. I like the project. I like the goals it has. I like what we do. And that's the driving factor behind it. Yeah. That, that, yeah. I yeah. think that pretty much sums it up. We all love to do what we do. Exactly. And, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, it is entirely optional, right? Yes. There's no, there's no, you don't, you don't lose any of the core functionality. I mean, you add nope. some nicer, let's call it premium features, right? So that you don't need to go in and again, as as our, as our Adri says, you, know, you don't need to fiddle with that cell settings or uh, no, certificates and all of that stuff, right? And port forwarding and so on and so forth. So it's, again, I, it's it's something I've, I've actually thought of addressing for a while and, and I just didn't want to get in a flame war on Facebook with, 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 yeah, well, with people, Well, people right? maybe don't agree and that's fine. And like in the end, like we're, we'll... And we, if you don't want to use the Nabucasa service, like that's fine too. In the end, yeah. we're able to do the things we do. And that includes like, well, getting people to work on home system full time, doing well, the recent research for security, mm -hmm. right? Doing security audits, uh, but also like basic stuff you will never think about, like running the forums. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. That's a huge beach, a huge beast to run that yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but there are many of those, uh, those things that we can do now simply because there's funding. And um, yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. Keep it up. Nothing but positive, um, to be honest. <laughs> agreed. Something yeah. that randomly came up in my Google News feed um, was a blog post from GitHub. Um, and they did their own, because, you know, Mrs. Knee is what, like the second most popular open source project on GitHub for the past few years. Um, although one year you, uh, they read, like, I think it was 2021, for some reason, Home Assistant wasn't in the top list. Which, they didn't release uh, a report in 2021, so that's... Mm, uh, that interesting. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> uh, that's no, we were doing fine in, that, like, in, in, the, in the list. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So GitHub's came out and they did their own security uh, analysis. They actually had reported, um, I think, a few of the um, uh, things that you had already addressed a couple of months ago. Well, I'm guessing you had reported thanks to the GitHub um, team disclosing them. So I just thought it would be uh, just, just a good shout out to the, the GitHub team, you know, supporting open source and, and supporting Home Assistant um, and mm -hmm. disclosing those vulnerabilities responsibly through the team. Um, I can even, it was just interesting to see from behind the scenes, you know, how GitHub went to find those vulnerabilities and also how they went and tried to report them. You know, they emailed security at Home Assistant, which they just didn't get a response. So like, oh, well, I guess we'll open a pull request. And then, you know, you reply back, you know, with it immediately said, no, we're using GitHub private, you know, notifications, do it this way. And yeah, yeah that should have happened there. We corrected it quickly and then went to work from that point on. So at the time yeah. that the GitHub security lab uh, actually started researching this uh, from uh, their own like goodness, which absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for doing yeah. that. That was at the same moment that where we had running the security audit, uh, the double casa range yep. with a cure 53 mm -hmm. so um yeah they found some issues that cure 53 also found so that was a, yeah it was yeah it was good like at least they found both the same issues and uh, somehow that's good at the other end it's like maybe a yeah no but it's good what, what did that timing just work out or was it was it yes, like it was you guys hired accidental. these guys because of oh that's so funny okay it's purely accidental they didn't even know um so uh, nobody knew that's we were doing, doing the security audit at first right and we're yeah. internally started yeah. doing that and like 
see what comes out of it and close down what's going on. Uh, and then they, at the same time, started to do on their own initiative, also on security audit. Uh, so we got double audits. Nice. Wow. That's pretty cool. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, think so. I think, thank you to GitHub. Um, makes everyone's little home lab a little bit more secure. Yeah, I love that. I didn't even know GitHub did that kind of stuff. Like, I know obviously from like a product perspective, they have that kind of stuff, but I didn't know that they were like, hey, let's go do an example of this and we'll use Home Assistant. Like, that's kind of cool. Absolutely yeah, was very cool. cool. 2023.12. Frank, you do the release notes uh, every month religiously. We always pick and you're like, oh, what does this, what does this even mean, Frank? Like, you <laughs> give us. <laughs> You give us the the TLDR. Um, you, you do a great, you know, summary in the creators call. So, also, just personally, thank you thank to you. everyone that's make makes themselves available in the Napu team. You know, every month we've always got someone that we can ask questions to and try and get clarification on. So, Rahan and I know a little bit what we're talking about um, when mm-hmm. this episode comes out. So, thank you, you know, everyone and Frank. You, you, I know you do a lot of work as well on these. So, thank you very much. Um, thank you. So, twenty twenty three dot twelve. A rebranded login page is here. Um, I, I first saw this and I was like, okay, cool. I mean, it's we're all going to that, that nice, you know, avatar, clicky way. Um, fair enough. All right. Um, but what I really like about this is actually a bit technical. <laughs> um, is that if you're hosted, so if you're accessing the login page on your local network, you'll see, you know, now you see avatars, who wants to log in, select your user, enter the password. But if you're not logged in on a local network, It'll, you'll yeah. ask, still ask you for a username and password because of security vulnerabilities. Like you don't want to disclose people's names if you're yeah, on the outside network, which I thought was yeah. really like that was great, you know, forward thinking um, on the home system team. Um, so for the people that are listening, by the way, what changed uh, the, the redesign of the login page? Now it looks a little bit like what we did in onboarding in September. So the same layout and design from that part has been put into the login screens. And it now looks a little bit like your MacBook or your uh, back in the day how Windows looked that you had those like uh, yeah. avatars seeing with your name that you click on your name and then fill in your password. That concept has been brought to um, the Home Assistant login page too. So you, if you have like, I don't know, in my case, it will show Frank and Daphne and Lily, uh, my daughter as well in the end, and they can click on the name and fill in their password uh, when they're on the local network, which is really visual and looks really nice and recognizable. But yeah, indeed, Phil, if you go outside of your home network, you don't want to like leak or expose yeah. that data. So at that point, it will just show you a normal login page. Redesigned still, looks new layout, new design, but just the username password. Yeah, so nice. For, for so the folks you- that, are, that are using it from a reverse proxy perspective, like let's say I have that Nginx works. on the outside and stuff like that, does it does it... Pull in the if you if you forward the uh, external address, does it pull in recognize? So that in? we changed the refresh proxy handling in Home Assistant, I believe, a year ago or something. Mm-hmm. I rewrote mm-hmm. that part, uh, which checks if the headers are correct. If not, Home Assistant will actually block the request. Um, cool. So you have your refresh proxy has to be set up correctly, otherwise Home Assistant would not even work. Um, so we're pretty sure of that. Uh, and then because we know it works, we can also. Um, then know where the connection is right. coming from. Right, so it right, will right. behave the same and correctly. Very cool. Right. There are two things that are not really visible in this, but what I think is really interesting. One is, have you ever forgot to check the remember me checkbox? If you All the in? time. 
all the time. Yeah. And and then refreshing like, darn it, I forgot to check the chat box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, if you now have the local login um, screen, you will not have that checkbox. And the reason why is because it, you're local. It will check it for you. Uh, mm -hmm. It will not show that. So that will not happen anymore on a local network. Uh, and another big difference is if you're using the local, what's call it, trusted networks. So you can add a trusted network setting. I'm not a fan of it, by the way, but you could, for example, yep. add a user in your local network that, for example, from your wall tablet device can log in. Um, like a kiosk or a wall tablet mm. user account. Yeah. That will not have a password and just click and go. This works now in such a way that it's incorporated in that same screen. So you will see that kiosk user pop up. You can click it, but the login is now smart enough to detect that there's a local option available and will use that and will just not ask for a password. You don't have to switch different like login methods nice. anymore. That's, so That's cool. It's also a nice optimization that has been done there. So I think this whole login stuff, it's now really friendly. It now says, welcome home, uh, which Madalena came up with, which is absolutely nice. And Matthias made the design. And yeah, it's, 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 I, I think it's a great improvement for friendliness yeah. in the home. So in, we've now got uh, reboot to safe mode. I think there's a redesigned shutdown menu that's sort of on the Windows era. Mm -hmm. When do we get control of delete to log into Home Assistant? Because I think that's the only missing feature <laughs> coming. I know, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. It feels that close, huh? Yeah, yeah. that close. That close. <laughs> and it just, yeah, I, I, I just love the little users. It feels so homey, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right? To-dos. You guys did a lot more work on that. It's, yeah. it's. I, 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 and, and I, and I said this in my creator call last time, uh, Frank, when you guys announced that you're moving to the to do's and stuff like that, I'm like, mm -hmm. I actually really like this. Um, I think, I think it's a pretty cool feature. Um, if, if you're listening to this, this is caught from the beta release notes. I'm pretty much not sure if I will leave it in, but, uh, in the beta <laughs> release notes, that is no, because like you're totally right, right? This is a big thing. There's a lot of work yeah. being done about to do's this cycle, but I'm not yeah. sure if it's much that is to talk about but go ahead like there's a lot of stuff happening under the hood but not really different well, I mean, why i think due dates um yeah and descriptions are pretty important so, for a to-do list yeah, yeah so we added support for to do for due dates and descriptions however they're not shown in the ui yet because the design isn't done yet and hasn't been built yet but you can also not set it or see them so you could use them using service calls i guess and but, but does that then flow yeah. down to like integrations, like Google Tasks, for example? If I set a description, will that then flow yeah. into my Google Tasks description? Like I think that's yeah, but it's useful. not displayed yet, right? So, right, it's in the beta release notes because I think there's a lot of work to be done, and there's a lot of work done, and there's also a lot of people that ask questions that want these features, and yeah. we're actually working on it, and I'm trying to figure out a way to communicate. We are, <laughs> but it's not there yet. Basically, um, so yes, it's big that due dates or descriptions are already baked into the Home Assistant like core and the engine, but it's not visible and usable yet. Maybe in a way. Okay, so it's coming. Basically, it's coming. for for all yes. users. Yeah, that's which that's is good. Uh, I mean, honestly, good enough in my in my books. Right there's <laughs> there's that intent, and and you guys have been pretty good at delivering uh, features as you know as committed kind of thing. Right, so uh, yeah. I, I must say, done. this is 
almost fully Alan Porter. Like Alan is baking up yeah. his stuff and he is just doing this so well. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's, but it's cool. And, and you guys have a couple more. Um, so picnic and our groceries um, that can manage the grocery uh, that can manage the shopping list in there now. Yes. And Caldaf uh, too. And Caldaf. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not much work happening cool. on to-do lists, you know, just you know, I know, right? being <laughs> able to fully automate a shopping list and due dates <laughs> so, and Caldaf support. Yeah, well, Keldaf, fully to the UI, also done by Alan, by the way. He had some spare yeah. time, I guess. I don't know what. And we have also two new um, uh, services. One was requested a lot. Like, how do I get all the items from my list? So there's yep. now a service mm -hmm. called To Do Get Items to get all the items from a list, which will, by the way, contain due date and description if available. Um, and uh, there's also one that's made by uh, Robert. He created a To Do Remove Completed Items, which is just a really simple... A shortcut surface to just clean up any list with all the checked off items, uh, which I think is really helpful. The interesting one mm. in this list, by the way, you just named, I think is Picnic. And mm, why yeah. I think it's interesting is because I use Picnic. I am a customer no of Picnic. That's why we got and it in the show notes, because I no, know no, you no, use I, Picnic. I, no. A liar. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the the cool thing about what it is. What else is in this release, which probably will now I'm going through a chapter spoiler, but we have voice control for to-do lists in the cycle. Yeah. So you can actually put something on your list, uh, on one of the lists, not just your shopping list, but any list. So if I hook up my picnic, I get my uh, picnic. Picnic is, by the way, a grocery store. I get my my order, my my shopping cart contents as a to-do list. So that means that I can use my voice assistant to put things in my groceries. However, there is no way to, in general, to pick the exact item, right? If I say add milk to my shopping list, that works. But if you look at an actual store, that milk that has different brands and whatnot, yeah. and like, right, that that's that's a problem. So what Picnic actually built and what um, uh, Duco contributor actually built is it if you give it an item to add to your to-do list which is then your shopping list basket it will actually do a search and find that product for you and add the actual product That's putting cool. this all together i can yeah. shout yes hey no add milk to my shopping list it will search for the milk that i use and add the actual milk into my basket which i can order at the end of the week i this is just mind blowing this is all coming yeah, together that's now. great that's i like great. it yeah this is really yeah. cool yeah but when you first like described picnic so like ages ago i was like i need this like locally um <laughs> Like I think, I think it's only in the Netherlands. Um, yeah, something that it, this is available, which is frustrating. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's yeah, amazing. But, but hopefully, hopefully this will inspire more. Like I know there's over here, there's like Instacart and stuff like that, right? Hopefully, it'll mm. it'll uh, inspire more of those kind of uh, integrations. It's just cool to be able to shout to put something on your shopping list. I think that's that's yeah. one that's a useful feature in general. Uh, or groceries, by the way, is added this release as a new integration, uh, which they have an app which you can then manage your grocery lists, and that's yeah. kind of nice that it's there too. You can just shout to put things on it. 
Yeah, nice. I've been I've been doing that for a bit with my Amazon Echo. I use what's it called AnyList, I think, but it doesn't mm-hmm. integrate into uh, Home Assistant, right? So I may I may see if uh, our groceries has a nice integration there. I would love the uh, once I had a name, but the Amazon Echo Media Player custom component in hacks. I would love them to expose like the shopping list from her into mm-hmm. Home Assistant. Because I know they've done other things, you know, I can even get Bluetooth devices now through that component. Yeah. Um, they had, you know, um, guard settings and media player controls. Like it'd be yeah, awesome if they could get access to that and then sync that with Home Assistant as well. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, there is a new thermostat card that's been added as of this release. Uh, yeah. Frank, is this one that you showed us a few months ago with it like animating and or is so? No, we had, uh, in September, we replaced the entity dialogue for climate mm. entities, right? So if you click yep, on right. a climate entity, you get that nice fancy dialogue with a nice big slider and it looked beautiful. And it was September. And a lot of people asked, like, why can I not add this one to my dashboard? <laughs> if I add the climate entity to my dashboard and use a thermostat card, it, it, it looks a bit like outdated and ugly. So... Uh, many people ask for it. It's like cold in most parts of the world right now, and the most yeah. assistant users will have a cold part of the world. So it would be nice to do a, a December like overhaul of the thermostat card. So what we did is we actually put that nice dial that you see in the climate entity dialogue into the thermostat card. It's a replacement. So it will, if you upgrade, your thermostat card will automatically look fancy and nice. <laughs> It does look fancy and nice. I do like yeah. that. It's beautiful. Right? It has been changed a little bit to uh, handle more compact screens because like, you can like display more compact on your dashboard, right? So it will, will, yeah. will handle that better. It will handle resizing and things like that. Uh, and what's really interesting, um, if you look at the screenshots, you will see those little bar underneath it with uh, the Hayback modes and the presets. Mm. Those are actually the tile card features. Um, mm. So what we've done is we have decoupled the tile card features to be reusable for other cards. And the climate right. card has been uh, enabled to use them. So that means if you like to show the HAVAC modes on your climate card, you can enable them and you can select which ones you want. And the same for presets and how you want to show them. Exactly the same as on a tile card. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's configurable. Just looks Good. I like them a lot. That's nice. Yeah. I, again, it, it's I, I love the the refreshing, the rebranding. Not the rebranding, but like, oh, actually, you guys rebranded too. Homeless as a whole, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but like, I, I do love uh, just even the UI updates, right? So, yep. The same change, by the way, has been made to the humidifier and water heater cards too. If you're using those, right. we've applied the same styling to those. Yeah. Yeah. Just. So, you know, that's cool. Um, all right. And Phil just added one on my, on my screen. I'm just watching Magic it. features uh, magically appear. Add a move. Yeah. This is, this is how technology works, right? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> or it doesn't work, huh? Ron? That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there are now numbers for tile cards. So, what that means is, um, you can have number entities and helpers. Um, and then that means you can start to say, okay, you can control that number entity from the tile card directly from there. 
Uh, and that means you can have like an up down button or a slider or stuff like that. So that's actually pretty cool. So now that means if I have some kind of a variable that I'm using just to control something else, I can before that would have to be go in and set it manually and whatever. Now I can just have it right in the UI, move a slider up down button, whatever it is, and and control that. Right. So that that is pretty, pretty neat. I like a tile card so much. Yeah, it's so versatile. <laughs> Yes, mm -hmm. it is. It looks good. It's versatile. And now, yeah, more features are popping up that you can add to them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great. The history dashboard has now got long-term statistics um, being displayed. So previously, um, the graphs would only show the state history, uh, which was limited to a few days. I've only found it to be limited to 24 hours, but maybe that's my own settings for whatever reason. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, it's not very useful generally, but now you've got long-term statistics. So what, Frank, how, like, long-term stats are we talking? Like, is there a setting that people need to set to get long-term nope. stats? Or? We store long-term statistic until forever, until you forever. manually maybe delete your database. I don't know, but we don't delete anything from long-term statistics right. at all. Nice. And What's I think cool that's been in a while. We've doing long-term statistics since we introduced the energy dashboard, basically, right? That, that's mm -hmm. why it was developed. Mm -hmm. It was developed for the energy dashboard. Then we rolled it out to all other places as well. But what cool, what's cool about this is that if you previously looked at the history page and you see a graph, the graph would stop. If you have the default settings, that would be 10 days. So if you go back further than 10 days, the graph would end. Um, and if you like fill probably 24 hours or me, I have three days set. And then the graph would end. And what people tend to do is then change the purge time on the database to keep more state history around, uh, for example, for a year. And then they got like humongous databases mm. that backups become slow and big and right, things right. like that. And actually, that's not needed because we have all data downsampled stored in long-term states history as well, right? We have long-term history, which like merges all data into hourly blocks, so 24 four records per day. And yeah, and it keeps that forever because it's efficient. So what people can do now is just change your purge time back to, I don't know, 10 days, three days, something like that, something safe, right. uh, have smaller backups because the history page will now pick up that long-term statistic history. And it will show you in the graph if it's using the state's history, which is a normal blue graph, and the, light, the graph becomes light blue once it starts using the long-term statistic. But you can go back in history, which is just fine. It works now, even without storing gigabytes yeah. of data. Um, so yeah, I think this is a good feature, and which CarWatts, or his name is Tim, I believe, is a, it has done really well. Yeah, that is really nice. And it's fast, by the way. Like... I queried my power and energy usage on my on my Raspberry Pi 4, which is a, a home assistant yellow, and yep. it just pops up a whole year of energy in like a second. Like it's it it's so fast. All right. So default dashboard options. Uh so as you may have already seen, when you first log in, first installed, Home Assistant has a default dashboard there. And typically that's everything, right? That's in mm -hmm. uh that's in your entities uh database basically gets populated in, in the default dashboard. Uh, now it's a little more customizable. So basically you can change the behavior to say, hey, you know what? I want to hide certain areas. I want to hide entities that don't belong to a specific area um, or even hide like the energy summary card, right? So that's yep. nice. It's Because I, I do find that like when you add a couple of entities at first and it's 
you get your default dashboard, it is just overwhelming, right? It's just, here is this list of stuff. So a uh, little more consumable, which I, which I like. Um, I think it helps new users, right? If you starting out home assistant, you want to declutter that a little bit, you can now easily without yeah. diving into the deep, uh, deep rabbit hole of dashboarding uh, instantly. I think that helps yeah. a lot. It also makes, and this is more of a, like a, the future thing, uh, this actually sets precedence for being able to add options to dashboards that are generated, right? Mm. Um, which uh, can be helpful in the future because we could see maybe more dashboards that are generated in different styles and different things with options yeah. to it. So this is groundwork for doing maybe stuff like that in the future. Very cool. Yeah. For those that like to use blueprints, you can now re-import a blueprint. So that's handy if there's a new version. Perhaps you're using a maybe found a blueprint ages ago on a forum somewhere, and uh, you've updated your home instance and it's no longer working. You can now just hit a little re-import button and it'll overwrite the uh, existing one on your system, and away it goes. I think there was a warning in there that you know if uh, you know it will like it's not going to keep a backup copy essentially. So if you do hit that re-import button, the original is going to get erased. I assume also that existing automations that were created from that blueprint won't be updated. Am I right, Frank? They will also be updated because the blueprint changes. So this is not mm-hmm. an update. This is absolutely not an update. We do want to create an update once, but that's a highly complex problem because if the blueprint gets new fields, how do you mm. apply those in your automations and things like that? So that's a complex situation we're looking to have different ideas for, but it's it's not there yet. So at this point, if people want to update the blueprints, they have to go to disk using some kind of editor, find out that file, figure out where they got it from, copy right. that YAML over, overwrite the file, which is just not friendly. So this is more of an in-between uh, solution that just mitigates just that, right? You can update it, like override it and re-download and re-import it now um, without having to go through the file editors. That's basically what it does. I think that's already a good step for a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah, that's nice. Moving on, there's a height sensor now for the IKEA Edison desk, um, so which is great. I I have had so much issues with with that with that integration. It's uh, it picks up my desk. I'll adjust it, and then doesn't pick it up anymore. <laughs> right? It's really? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 using it right now. Like I'm I'm on an Edison desk, right? And if I look at uh, look at Home Assistant, uh, I I had reinstalled my or sorry i had updated my uh home assistant install when when we started uh recording this um uh, and then uh i can see it now but if i modify it i it'll just go away and i was like hmm, that's interesting so but my i think it's just a bluetooth thing but could be i don't know i don't have such a desk guy yeah <laughs> it's, just, it's, i'm still sticking to the asp32 custom code like i've I've got uh, yeah. that ESP32 library that's running it at the moment for my artisan desk, um, and I'm scared to touch it. Like if it's working, don't yeah. fix it, right? <laughs> so I got some like like thick old oak desk with some big welded like steel feet underneath it. Like there's yeah, no nice. way in hell this is going to be like going up and down anyway. <laughs> going so, up or down, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> not going solid to happen. Plank this, of wood. this is yeah. solid plank. Uh, this is yeah. not going anywhere. So I, I don't have that experience <laughs> at all. That's funny. 
It's I, I I always think it's a good idea until I I don't stand right. I I just end up sitting yeah, the whole time. That's what I'm free like, oh, for. I've I've considered buying such a desk that goes up and down standing desk, but in the end, I'm just indeed afraid I will never use it. Yeah, yeah. I think the idea of uh, me buying this desk was that I would automate, you know, so that you know I'd walk into yeah. the office when I leave it the office, I'll come you. back, and it would force me to stand, but I haven't put right. that automation in because. You know, I'm lazy, right? <laughs> like I'm, I'm being lazy, making myself even more lazier. Um, but. Issue, issue number one, right? It's uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so there's my problem. Um, the official Roborock integration can now display maps. So if you have your Roborock nice. vacuum cleaner uh, integrated in Home Assistant, it will now display the map of your home, and you can see where the vacuum cleaner has been. Entities. Hmm. Image entities, those are yeah. provided as image entities, so you can use and automate them even. Yeah. I know um, I'm using the custom one, and uh, there's a, a Roborock card that you can use, and it's actually really nice. Um, you can click and drag zones all within Home Assistant. Like, if you wanted to, you don't have to open the Roborock app, which is, uh, you know, amazing because I hate opening up that uh, an app. <laughs> I just do it all from Home Assistant. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like... I think the Roborock integrations, both the official one and the custom one in Hacks, uh, are really good to see getting worked on. Um, and also, we've got in this little section here, we've got better YAML error messages. <laughs> I am a big YAML user, so I was very happy to see this. Any <laughs> uh, updates to YAML error messages? Um, so, yeah, like uh, we've got, you can improve all error messages that originate from manual YAML configuration. Um, so the messages should be now more detailed, more readable, yeah. and point out correctly which line and file the error is located at. Frank, no matter does this support how, packages? Yes, support no matter packages? how deep you package, then include oh, it and like merge things. It will no longer say something in line question mark yes. on the line file yeah, question yeah. mark. Yes, that's gone. It will not actually tell you where it that's is, funny. which is absolutely stunning. Eric did a great, great job there. Oh. Um, but yeah, a little bit like, it's a bit ironic, right? We're moving away from YAML on so many places, but now it's fixed. And, <laughs> and yes. that's good, by the way. It's good that it's fixed because especially if you like writing your automations and scripts in YAML, yeah. This will be a great help. And there's still, there's still people that use it, right? So again, yes. Phil, like you said. like Absolutely. You're still using it or whatever, so it's, yeah. No, like that has been my biggest, like I would just hit the reload button and go, sorry. Uh, or I'd check, you know, is this configuration valid? Nope, sorry, there's an error on random, like, question mark. Yeah, <laughs> that we we changed that. I even didn't write that part, but there are more changes in this regard. So if you try to reload and or, like, restart Home Assistant, it will now figure out under the hood if there's a difference between can I start or is this just an error that I can start up with? Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, previously, if you would have an integration that doesn't exist, it would block restart if because it's in your YAML and didn't exist and then something is wrong. But actually, Home Assistant nowadays is really resilient and can start up in those cases. Uh, so that's also something we fixed. We now figure out which error is actually 
blocking home systems from starting versus which one will generate a warning. And in case of a warning, it will just continue to restart and then warn you afterwards because like it doesn't like fully break the system. Even to the level of which automation yeah. is broken now, like I remember previously, like if you had one automation that was broken, that's Everything it. All the automations were done, right? Now nope. you can see the UI. Yeah. No, this error, this automation is disabled because it's got an error. Go and fix it yeah. sort of thing. And the rest keeps working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. Which is great when you're, especially when you're testing automations and stuff like that, right? It's, yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, so let's talk about some of the new integrations that came in, uh, starting with Linear Garage Door. Uh, so there you go. For those of you that uh, are not big fans of MyQ right now, uh, if you are switching them, <laughs> uh, Linear Garage Door is a great, great option in this case. I know, right? It's. It's yeah, sorry. Who is my Q? It's uh, it, it's it's again. That's been a. I think I've aired my frustration about that one a few times <laughs> in the last few years, right? And then it's just nail in the coffin now. Um, so, but uh, linear garage door is now uh, there. You can now go in and control uh, any doors that are linear branded. And my permobile, I think I pronounced that correctly. Um, you can now provide various sensors for your permobile wheelchair. Um, That's fantastic. Nice. I like that. Uh, yeah. I love this one. Yeah. Like if there's any any superb use case for a home automation system, it's people that have disabilities, right? And yeah. being able to provide information and integrate with things like this, I think is just, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we had um, um, like Peter on a couple of episodes ago, right? Like mountain yeah. bike accident, bam, uh, broke his neck, and now he's in a wheelchair. So, like, and the user's home isn't right to turn the lights on around the house and, and all that. So, yeah, um, yep. yeah, fantastic. Like, I love when home isn't can be like you know help people like that. Yeah, so. yeah, one hundred percent. Totally agreed. Uh, we spoke about this, but our groceries uh, from a shopping list perspective is in here as well. We've got uh, V2C, so you can control and monitor your local V2C Triton EVSE. I'm guessing that's an electric vehicle or something. Charger. So, it's a charger. Yeah. Charger. yeah. There you go. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to butcher this name, Pronounce but Devile. Devile? I will approve. I don't know. If if you have any of their uh, wireless speakers, you can now uh, bring them into Home Assistant. Very nice. Yeah. Yep. Um, a breaking change for the breaking changes section, Frank. I noticed no, uh, you changed it to backwards compat in, backwards incompatible now. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> backwards incompatible changes. Yes, correct. Yeah. And yeah. I. I I already got some comments. I, I do want to explain. Uh, so thank you for putting <laughs> it in here. <laughs> so, um, no, right. Breaking changes originates from a time where Home Assistant would literally not start break. up anymore and break um, back in the day. Like if back in the day we added an option to an integration, which was a YAML option, you had to change your YAML config before you upgraded or else Home Assistant wouldn't start at all would just die it would just exit would just stop um that's why and that's where the original breaking changes came from i think the last year we changed uh we did a really good job we changed the policies around how we handle backwards incompatibilities right mm -hmm. and how we handle deprecation periods 
the list got so much smaller. Uh, we, 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 in general, put tons of efforts in reducing breaking changes as much as we can, unless we can absolutely not go around it. I think it's, and then again, even with everything that's in this list today, even like it's not blocking home assistance, not breaking home assistance. It's we'll start up. There might be things you need to adjust, but that. Uh, so backwards incompatible changes are way more fitting than calling it breaking, which sounds instantly scary as well. So yeah, that's why I think yeah, it's justified. Um, Calendar.listEventService. Uh, I'm just going to ask. So it uses an outdated response format and is now deprecated, pending for removal uh, in 2024.6. So there's your six-month thing. Yep. Um, you should now uh, use the get events uh, and service, which supports multiple entities. Is this a record for like the shortest service that's gone from like career added to home assistant and then deprecated? Like, so I think yes, it hasn't been around that long, and we're already deprecating a service. So in July, in the July release, we introduced something groundbreaking for Home Assist, like a fundamental change that services can now respond with values, right? Um, which right. was that was absolutely a big thing, and the two services we used to showcase that was calendar.list events and weather.get forecast, which is the next breaking yeah. change you haven't got into yet. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, uh, we came to the conclusion, and this took months of discussions, but we came to the conclusion we made a design error. And that's really unfortunate. Because some services can target multiple entities at a time, right? If you call light.turn on, you can target two lights mm -hmm. and both will turn on. But what if I get the calendar list events and target two calendars? What do you expect back? Um, right. And, and this has been in discussion for a long time. We finally came to a decision with a lot of people to, in that case, if you ask the list events for two calendars to return the information from both calendars. But that that isn't compatible with, with what we made in July. So uh, we figured out a way to uh, introduce two new services, leave the out services in, the old services in for a six months deprecation period. If you use them, we will raise a repair issue for you as well. So we will warn you in case that happens so you know exactly where it's happening and that it's happening for you. But this is something to correct that design mistake. And it's just those, these two services that are affected, which uh, right. we're happy with that it's just these. And um, let's correct this error now, get it out of the way and continue with something better uh, that we've all missed basically and not done right. Yeah, I guess yeah. the good thing is that they have, like, they are, you know, fairly new services, right? So the longer you leave them yeah. unfixed, the more people more start people use them, and yeah, yeah, particularly around like the weather get forecast service, right? Like, I know there's a few custom integrations around the place that haven't upgraded to use the yep. new version, right? Um, so at least now put it out as deprecated, so that when they do come around to getting updated, they don't have to be then updated again. Yeah, this is a really unfortunate one, um, but yeah, it 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 is better for what we want mm. to achieve. We want to have more services that respond to stuff yeah. and do absolutely nice stuff with it. You can absolutely make, make the weirdest automation you can like think of. Like it opens up so many doors of creativity, yeah, and automatability. And yeah, we have to do this right. This is a fundamental thing. 
to our framework. Agreed. Agreed. And and I like the nomenclature too, like forecast versus forecasts, right? So you're using a plural so that it's you understand that it's multiple. And it but again, it could be a single it could be single as well, right? Just for clarity's yep. sake. Yep. A list of one is still a list. Um <laughs> a list of none is still a list. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um yeah. So the Home Assistant API has uh has a Backward incompatible uh, change as well. It sounds like uh, so when you're count uh, when you're calling a service from the REST API, uh, basically the service used to be canceled if a connection got robbed. Um, so if you relied on that behavior, you'd need to go in and look at the logic, so on and so forth. So now the connection drop won't cancel the service call. Um, so basically. Um, if whatever you had a network blip or something like that, or your laptop just disconnected from your wireless, whatever that is, that that uh, that won't cause an issue anymore. That service will run. Um, so if you, I'm trying trying to explain this one so that without getting my tongue twisted here. So, if, <laughs> so if, there, if, there are people programming against Home Assistant from external yes. pieces of software, right? Like their own scripts somewhere written in what? Yeah. And they talk directly to the API of Home Assistant to automate from externally, or I don't know what reason. Um, mm -hmm. And that behavior changed a bit. So if your external application like kills itself before the connection or the service call is finished, it will keep running. Um, additionally, the service call, if you do a service call to that endpoint on that API with your custom programming work, um, the Home Assistant will only return or finish the service call, the, the request, the HTTP request you do once the service yeah. call has been processed. Um, those are two. The last one is actually accidentally already happened. So this one is breaking English, but already happened a couple of releases back. Uh, nevertheless, it's complete for completeness. It's now listed here. Yeah. This is a case where most people should not care about unless you're no. programming against Home Assistant yourself. No, exactly. I know one of the common things I've seen for the REST API is uh, trying to pull Zigbee uh, radio information out from there. I've seen uh, I've seen a couple of scripts that pull that in, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Open exchange rates. So the uh, rounding of an exchange rate has now been removed. Um, so. Exchange rates are a lot more sensitive uh, to small changes. Generally, you, uh, currency fluctuations will have more than just two decimal places, despite what you see on the nightly news. Um, so Home Assistant will now display the full uh, rounding or the full value of the exchange rate. Um, if you do rely on them being rounded, best to use a template sensor and do your own rounding. You can do rounding to two decimal places, three decimal places, whatever you need. Um, but yeah, the raw value of that open exchange rate will now be returned from that sense of value. You can just set it on the entity now, right? If you go into the entity options, you can show the display position and change it. Yeah. Like Even, that's a real yeah. feature. All right. Uh, SMTP. So that integration will now send images as attachments to, uh, to a plain text email uh, instead of HTML uh, when the HTML field is not set. So if you have uh, email set up from uh, Home Assistant, this will affect that. Uh, in the past, if you were to send any HTML in line, uh, when the HTML wasn't set, uh, 
basically it'll send all the images and now it won't, right? So um, to continue sending it that way, um, set the HTML field and then include the image tag uh, in HTML within the block. So makes sense, kind of logical. If you send HTML, it will inline, otherwise it will attach. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people use this for sending, you know, images of cameras or you know motion events from their camera. Yeah, well, I guess you know people might have yeah. you know like a scraper account. Maybe they'll send it to a script that's oh. monitoring a email address in Amazon or something, and where they go. Okay. Yeah. Week, weekly pictures of your dog or cat eating or something like that just goes. <laughs> <laughs> weekly picture of the, the cat litter, automatic cat litter box, you know, when it needs That's to be right. Yeah. That's right. Um, all right. Uh, we spoke about it before. My queue is gone, dusted, officially removed from Home Assistant. Home Assistant's like, yeah. screw this, not even giving you a, a six months notice, just you're gone. There's an, yeah. In case you have missed it, there's an extensive blog post about it on why it's gone, right? Uh, <laughs> so, in case you listen to this and are wondering what the hell, then. Yeah, everyone reported on it, like yeah. it went like berserk in all media. Um, but yes, my cue... And they're not backing down. I'm I'm surprised they haven't like been ashamed into like, oh, we're not going to do that anymore. Instead, they're like, yeah. no, we want to sell ads through our app. Like, screw you I guys. I would definitely still welcome them. Like, yeah. please, thank yeah. you. If you're listening and change your mind, don't feel ashamed. We're happy to help and... Make yeah. it something positive again, but right Agreed. now they have been, yeah, getting into a PR mess. That's for sure. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, EQ three Bluetooth smart thermostats. Um, I guess that function that that uh, entity is just or the integration is just not worked for a while, so it makes sense to it's pull it old, out. Old old Bluetooth stack. Yeah. 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 All right, so that's it for the breaking changes, aka the backward <laughs> incompatible change. <laughs> we'll probably keep it calling backwards breaking changes for for a long time, I guess. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. And that's that's the last release of the year, twenty twenty three. Hmm. Frank, what's your favorite feature of twenty twenty three that you can? Oh. Of? Oh. I've been to them all before this uh, this this recording, and I'm like, what would be? I kind of like try to anticipate on this question, and uh, I, I've looked at it, and I have no idea. There's so much goodness in here. I I really like all the new entity dialogues. I think they look slick in general. Yeah. I like everything that happens to the talk card. I think that thing is really versatile and makes up for a very good dashboarding in general. I love a lot of the uh, language stuff we did last this year because I think it helps with usability for many users. So uh, the translations of services and translations of attributes and things like that, where there's many things now translatable and even not mentioned in this release, but uh, in the point twelve release, we now have the ability to translate error messages you get in the UI mm, too. Cool. And so that foundation has been made. I, I really like bringing that in because it adds so much to user-friendliness and more user-facing mm -hmm. thought of how you show things. I think that those are really, really a good addition. So I think those were probably my top of the list uh, besides all the voice stuff because that's just cool um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah i think that would be uh 
sum up of my top things. Brian, what, what's he on your, your top three list? Uh, Frank kind of took my main one, which was uh, <laughs> which was just the the tile cards and the entities, like how they show. Um, I, I that that's something again when I do use the UI, that's something I interact with a ton, right? So um, I really like how that looks uh, and and just feels and like that kind of thing. Uh, the other thing is uh, what Frank said at the end there is uh, more just fascinated with. Uh, is uh all the year the voice stuff i think i think you know there's been some excellent effort put into that uh, uh mike did a great job with with a lot of those uh those things right so just been playing yeah. around with the little m5 stack adam echo and trying to get uh just i don't know just playing around with it it's just been fun um and uh yeah eventually i'd love to sub out my uh amazon echoes for that at some point um but uh, I guess I want to see what uh, Chapter 5 has in store. Uh, so, yeah, those are my two big ones. Nice. Well, I think if I was going to choose two, seeing as you both not choosing your favorite, you're going to go two, uh, it would be Calendar <laughs> and uh, the to-do list. Uh, oh, yeah. the Calendar was uh, 2022, mate. Okay. Oh, <laughs> it was December 2022. Wow. <laughs> what about, like, sorry, I, actually, no, I, I, I don't know why I'm confused. My apologies, I've got confused. No, the list it's, of- it's my curse. I remember, like, the, which one is <laughs> where and which release. Like, this was created by Alan in December 2022. It was the, the Christmas gift of December last year. It was. My apologies. What I'm what yeah. I, uh, confused there is the, uh, the returning, like, the list events and the response, like, the return yeah. values. Um, that has ultimately change the way I interact with calendars now. That's why I primarily use it. You know, list events okay. um, has yeah, really changed it. And to-do lists, I think I'm going to uh, get really big into that. Um, I know you guys mentioned the tile cards, but from, I've been using mushroom cards and I feel as though a lot of inspiration yeah. has come from those. So for me, it's they haven't been a, a wowing factor as much as... Yeah. I, I still like... I, I've yeah. been slowly moving over to the tile cards, but yeah, I think... Yeah, I use both as well. It's... I just like the native construct in there. Yeah. Uh, returning data now is a game changer in terms of yeah. server, service calls, right? Like, yeah, that's a good one too, but needs to mature a little, right? Like the, it is still fresh and it's something that's not that easy. So that, that needs time, I think. But it's good mm-hmm. to see things happening there. I, it's definitely a big one. Well, it's one of the most fundamental changes to like service calls right now they be able to actually get data back from them so yeah, yeah it makes sense it's going to take a while for it to mature at least now last yeah. year frank we had a little chat um and we had you asked me you know what's your wish list for 2023 um i actually said uh a robot lawnmower in my life it hasn't happened but home assistant has a lawnmower uh component That's now true. um and yeah. yours uh you said you wanted cameras but you didn't think they were mature enough yet do you think uh 2023 has sort of seen any improvements oh to cameras or i haven't reviewed what i what i said that oh, I I got like, I reviewed... no so you yeah you got me on my own no this is uh um, <laughs> i think i ranted about doorbells yes you did yes yes right and yeah oh, well I, I, I got one oh, you got one there you i go. got yes I got a I got one of those Rio links which locally yes. work. Yep. I like them. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So Hello. I guess my yeah. wish was heard. Um That's good. And how do you find it? Like sorry, okay. local control, POE I'm guessing. 
Um, yeah, indeed. No cloud, res- like really, I don't know. I had a, I'm a bit really skeptical. Cloud. I'm thinking about getting their NVR as well. Um, mm-hmm. I could. I looked into Frygate. I, I played with Frygate a lot, but I, I feel like this is more of an appliance deal. This should just do and work. And yes, not too yeah, much fancy is. around it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll I, I'm not sure. I haven't like decided on that one yet. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Which was Dorm answered. Fixed. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but did you have one? Do you remember? For, well, we're on, Brian wasn't did. here last year. So I wasn't was there for last year. I wasn't here. That's true. You weren't here. <laughs> I, d- so I did, I did have us. a wish list. I don't remember what it was. I don't think I ever said it on the show. Um. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't here for that one. Was that? Did it even get answered? If, if you don't put it out there for it to be wished, does it even become fulfilled? It, I don't, probably not. Probably not. No. Not in my <laughs> luck. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. But are we doing 2024 wish list? Do it. Yeah, what's 2024? But it could do two wish lists, by the way. One is like more smart home focused and the other one is like more home assistant focused. Yeah, yeah. What would you like think, in home assistant? What would you like to see in the smart home devices world happening? Um, I think so. Smart home wise, um, uh, again, way more local stuff. Way more. Um, I'd love to see actual progression in matter. Yes, that's um, what I was going to yes. say. Yeah. Uh, like I, again, I, I, I and, and thread for that matter too. Just uh, again, the ability to have Bradford multiple. Matter. Cool. <laughs> that's a really nice expression i got to really yes. remember that one yeah <laughs> um and and even even uh, again like expansion into the matter standard itself right so that so that more people can start uh building against it and, and we, we've talked about this on the creators call a few times where matter's great but it can only do so much today right there's there's still a lot of pieces missing there that kind of thing. Um, it is it is cool that the Matter team uses Home Assistant as their uh, testing. Was it Matter that was using that? Yeah, the, to test. Uh, there are very many companies that use Home Assistant to test the spec. with Matter. Yeah, right, the spec. Yeah, it's, so it's just that's... easy to play with and debug as well, right? So that that yeah. makes it the our developer experience is really good because we're open source and trying to make it accessible for everyone compared to yeah. the other co- closed source project, right? So Which I still think is super cool. Helps. Yeah, that is super yeah. cool. Um, I'm myself. I'm still the skeptical one. I'm still not a matter believer, but that might that might change. I'm it changed either. a little bit already. Like I do think it has potential right now yeah. instead of no potential before. Yeah. So I got more positive myself, but still, yeah. I I I I think this will still take years to be yes. uh, mature. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I want that acceleration. Right, if that makes sense, <laughs> okay. like yeah, that makes sense. Let it, let it not okay. be years. Let it be twenty twenty four. Right, that's. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think the other thing I'd love mm-hmm. to see, home assistant wise, um, is is continued work on uh, voice and uh, doing things like a lot more interactive. Uh, like I know that I've seen I've seen videos on YouTube and stuff where people are like, "Hey, let's try and." Uh, do some like GPT stuff and like a lot of that mm. kind of thing. Right. Um, I'd love to see some kind of local GPT instances, uh, so on. And then, and then that powering voice as well. So like, I can be like, so, so uh, today I, I, you know, to my Amazon echo, like myself or my wife or whoever would be like, Hey, you know, uh, 
I don't know, tell me about the country of something or the other, right? Like, and, and like, like, or give, give me information about this, right? And which is great, it does. Home Assistant Voice today is a single use, single point thing, right? So, and even, even in terms of uh, understanding the way people talk and stuff like that, right? Nuances, like turn on the light versus turn the light on versus different things like that, right? So I think uh, it just allows for a ton more flexibility there. So I don't know, I'd love to see something like that. Like I don't want to use OpenAI. I don't want to, like, like I don't want to use their like cloud entity, right? I want to see it locally if that's possible. That's so cool about the voice this year is there's so many parts to a voice project, right? And we've mm. been able to put that out and show mm. actually the whole progress, right? Over yeah. all the chapters that have happened. And 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 when the first chapter came out, people were like, but hey, why can't I talk to it? And I do have to write the first iteration was writing yeah. to it in text. Yeah. But it was about the intent processing. And then we came up with voice, but had no wake words. And then everyone's like, where's the wake word? So finally, chapter yeah. four, the wake word came. But this is like the whole train that's happening, right? And the yeah, whole, yeah, yeah. The whole pipeline, as it's actually what it's called inside Home System as well, is now there. Uh, now, the next part of the journey is like making each of those parts better and expanded, I guess, uh, which yeah. is the exciting part now um, uh, to see yeah. that happen. And um, yeah, but that is there. You can now easily swap things out or improve parts of mm -hmm. things. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I agree a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Good. Phil? Phil? Uh, I'm going to go, I don't want to go home assistant. Um, I want to go Nabucasa. Um, I would love to see Nabu's next foray into hardware. I I, I suspect, or I, I think we've had a big, you know, journey on year of the voice. So I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be some hardware um, to handle that. That's fine. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to waste a wish on that. I would like Home Mr. Nabucasa's <laughs> next, you know, the hardware to be into the control, like the tablet on the wall hardware sort of. How can I Ooh, put the Home Mr. dashboard life. on my wall and nice not have an Amazon ink display? Exactly. Yeah. Not, not have yeah. an Amazon Echo tablet that, you know, is going to be turned off by Jeff when he kills their team um it's not gonna be you know a google pixel tablet that you know is gonna cost me you know almost a thousand dollars um but you know is affordable and looks nice attractive on the wall um or is an e-ink display that is not you know ridiculously expensive because e-ink is <laughs> somehow expensive, really expensive yes. right um but yeah i would love nebuchadnezzar to get into that sort of hardware because i think yeah one thing i've struggled with is you know how can I put a tablet on the wall and make it look nice without spending thousands of dollars on good hardware to do it? Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, the Amazon Echo devices just become billboards around the house, you know, showing their, you know, stupid ads or whatever, um, which is the trade-off to have the little lady in every room. But that's, you know, that's my wish. Yeah. Um, and for the, you know, uh, for my own smart app, I'd love to be able to start using uh, Matter. Like, I just want to stop talking about it, right? I want to start using yeah. it. Like, I just feel as though yeah. there's a whole bunch of talk going along about it and updates we're seeing, but there's nothing really yeah. there that can be used yet. Yeah. No one's rolling out we updates. We have support for from Matter devices. fridges, but there's none you can buy, it, right? Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's stop talking about it and let's put it in the wild and start getting people using it. So Yeah. And 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 I think that's that that sounds like that's less of home assistant, more of just the ecosystem, right? Like just yeah. start start building stuff matter first. Um wherever possible. What about yeah, you, Frank? What have you, what, what's your yeah, I have to make up something now really quick. And, uh, <laughs> you asked the question. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I could have expected it as well. Right? No. So for, for the smart home itself, like the, the general home, yeah, I, I think more local, I would love to see. I think that also is a little bit up up to ourselves. Like stop accepting cloud. I think we need to be more aware of what we do, right? Like, yeah. MyQ is a great example. Mazda is a really bit harder, like how would you build a local car? But nevertheless, like that, these are good examples in, in what's happening. So local is always been an important focus and I think people should be more aware. But I also think if we stop buying cloud devices, eventually they will learn. Um, yep. So I, I agree with Ron stands like more local devices in general. Uh, if that's matter, that's fine. Matter is local, that's good. Uh, yeah, but anything will do. Um, be more open and and work together. For that's for the for the general hardware stance. I don't have any thing hardware wise I really want at this point that I miss. But more local would be nice. Yeah, definitely. From a home assistant perspective, oh man, I can open up books of stuff I want. I guess that <laughs> I work on this thing all day, right? Um, I, I I do have uh, uh, I do have a, a, a thing that I really want to have for a long time, and I know many in the community want to, and I hope we can get to it this year. Uh, one is I made a proof of concept for already, which has been pending since April 2022, uh, which is still open and there it's complete and ready. It's just missing UX. But I want to add the notion of labels to Home Assistant, maybe maybe that's my wish that it lands. Basically, I would love to be able to label things in my home and then target automations against the label, for example, second floor or adding all Christmas decorations or things like that. So if you label things like that, you could filter down or target things in your home based on a free categorization that's not bound to areas. Um, so that's one I wish and I hope just like many, many, many other people, we'll get folders in our automations and scripts <laughs> dialogues to uh, uh, to put things into. And uh, yeah, that's my personally wish, personal wish too. As I hope we get there. But in general, I hope we can do a lot of things this year. My personal personal wish would be a lot of improvements to how the UI for automations work. A little less complex, little more sophisticated, but not necessarily less capable. If that makes mm. sense, mm. Um, because I, the automation engine in Home Assistant is insanely powerful, and uh, it can be even more powerful. But it is already pretty complex, even in the UI. And I think for usability and for making more people use it in the correct way, we could improve there. And that's something I wish for. So this is basically my home assistant wishes uh, right now. Yeah, I think that that will do. But I'm okay. more an automation-focused person than a UI dashboard-based person. So it depends, I guess, what you ask. Yeah. 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 Oh, those are good. I like that. Cool. 
2024. In fact, in case you listened, we're already started developing on 2024.1. As soon as the beta starts, the new development cycle starts for the next release, which will be the new year. So in our development team, the new year already started. Never ends, eh? So weird. (laughs) So weird. 2024. That's right. Well, happy new year to the dev dev team. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Happy New Year. Um, on that 2024, <laughs> when does the first release come out? Is it we still going to do the first Wednesday of 2024? Yeah, that's uh, January the 3rd. Yep, nice. There you go. Um, so I don't know if Rahan and I will be uh, having an episode out that day. Uh, depends on our collective <laughs> movements, but we will be, yes. we'll be we'll somehow covering off 2024.1 in the new year. Um, Frank, thank you so much for coming on yeah, celebrating so the end of the year um yeah, thank you for having me that's great yeah, it's been great um we, we have so much fun with you and thank you for, for all your work on the show uh, release notes and yeah. yeah just being our point guy for everything release related so really appreciate you're it. welcome yeah My pleasure. love it all right thank you very much gentlemen um awesome new year, frank see you next year have all a right. good one happy holidays take care happy cheers. holidays cheers if you want to share your home assistant journey or come on as a guest, reach out to us at feedback at haspodcast.io. That's H-A-S-S podcast.io. The Home Assistant Podcast is hosted by Phil Hawthorne and myself, Rohan Karamandi. For links to topics we discussed today, check out our show notes on haspodcast.io. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.